All right. Thank you, guys. You guys can... Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. So here's the deal. What we wanted to do for Spy Kids was really, really encapsulate that theme. And the whole storyline was this, that God has inked us into a story that didn't start when we were born. So we wanted all the kids to understand. And, and the, the theme song... That, or the theme verse that Pastor Jason just illustrated right there comes right out of Hebrews 12. Let's go ahead and everyone, let's all read this together. There, whoops. Everyone, we all here together? Okay, good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we must get rid of every weight and the sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out for us keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set out for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. And this is basically, that, that was what we wanted to communicate to the kids all week long. Uh, I'm going to need uh, my friend Pete. Where's Pete? Pete was here somewhere. Did Pete, dis oh, Pete's gone, isn't he? Where's Pete Howard? Oh, yes. Yeah, and he's not here now, is he? No. Okay, okay. I'm going to need to find somebody else. Mike. <laughs> Come here, Mike. All right. All right. Everyone, please give it up for Mike Frakes. <laughs> who was well prepped for this in advance. Okay. So, Mike, um, uh, have you ever run a race? Yes. Okay. Um, have you ever run Warrior Dash? No. I mean, I, well, it's, you should try. It's really a lot of... Okay, so here's the thing. What I want you to do is I want you to... <laughs> I want you just to go ahead, and this is going to be a short race. Just pretend that I'm... I, in this, it says uh, we got to... We must get rid of every weight and sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out for us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So I want you just to base, just pretend like I'm Jesus and you're running towards me. All you got to do is get to me and high-five me. Ready? One, two... Three, go. All right, actually stop. Um, what we're going to do is, this is talking about something that makes it difficult for us to run. And it doesn't just say run after Jesus. It starts off before that. It says we, we must get rid of every what? Wait. And in the, in the Greek, that word, here, you want to help me out? Is this word right here. Agkos. Everyone say agkos. Everyone go agkos. Okay, and basically, odd cost is, is talking about weight or some type of thing that, that's in a hindrance. It's saying you got to get rid of it. In fact, the phrase is talking about a runner who wants to run as fast as he can. And if you're going to run as fast as you can, you don't want to have a bunch of things making that difficult. This is why at the Olympics, you don't see people running with snowsuits, right? It, they, wanna, they, they actually are running with as little clothing as possible. So we're not going to do that. But... <laughs> Agkos. So what I want you to do now is I want you to go ahead and with those weights, I want you to go ahead and run to me. You don't even have to high five me. Just get to me. One, two, three. Go. Okay, stop. Okay, what we're going to do, start back at the beginning. Because it's talking about the stuff that entangles us. And the truth is, the thing that makes Agkos so Agkos-tastic is the fact that there's lots of stuff in life that makes it more weighty, more difficult to run after Jesus. And they're not all bad things. Like if you're a murderer, yeah, that's probably going to get in the way. Like a following Jesus. Like I, I just don't know. It's just like the fact that I murder people all the time is hindering my walk with Christ. True. But the thing is, is that the more invisible problem is the fact that a lot of us Christians are trying to follow Jesus and we're having a hard time. And we have other things like things that we get fixated on outside of Jesus. We keep our eyes fixed on a bunch of stuff like the news. A lot of us were news junkies. And this is like, that's one of the things. Is it bad? No. 
But when we make that what our world and our day rises and falls on, that becomes one of the weights that so easily entangles and clings so closely to. Another one is um, gaming. How many of you guys like gaming, playing uh, like, uh, like, like video games and stuff like that? How many, how many of us in here? Okay, are video games bad? No, they're fine. But when we fixate and we invest a whole bunch of our life, that could be part of the odd cost. How many of you guys like sports? Okay, okay, okay. How many like the Cubs? And nothing against Cubs fans. You've just been waiting like long time for these small victories. That, okay. Odd cost, because you know what ends up happening is it's like, oh man, my whole world rises and falls on whether or not the Cubs win. Or let's just say that every once in a while the Sox win. We don't really know because no one's at the game, but, uh, or. <laughs> or the Cardinals win. Cardinals win. Or, 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 or even, even, even family. Like, I love my family. But you know what? When we, when we make our family what our world rises and falls on, when our family falls apart, we're destroyed. Now, we're called to love our family, but every family has issues. Every single family, every, every family has drama. Your family has drama. My family has drama. If your family doesn't have drama, guess what? You're the drama. <laughs> and the thing is, is that oftentimes when we make our family more than just a good thing, but an ultimate thing that my whole world is rising and falling on, it becomes odd cost. And that, when we, when we make it an essential thing, that's sin. Because when we're trying to follow Jesus, it makes it more difficult. All right, Mike, go for it. All you got to do is get to me, brother. I got rid of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're the first person that's done that. Awesome. Give it up for Mike. Okay. The disaster the disaster that actually all the other services saw, but Mike was too smart for, <laughs> was the fact that you just can't run effectively when you got all this stuff clinging to you and weighing you down. It says you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. And the funny thing is, is that he, he talks about the way that we do that is by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because in the midst of all of the issues and drama of life, Jesus did not let any of those things hinder his following of the heavenly father. We have an example of Christ, but check it out. What's the very first word in the very first verse? Therefore. Therefore. That means the author of Hebrews is saying, everything I'm telling you right now, the reason it's so powerful, it's so potent, is because of what happened before this in chapter 11. Do you know what happens in chapter 11? It's men and women who are just like you and me, who've got drama, issues, family issues, life issues, problems. And they're following God's lead faithfully in the midst of all of the odd costs of life. And they're surrendering that, dropping it off, and following God's lead. And the author of Hebrews is saying this. If you are somebody that wants to follow Jesus, we, look, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And 
we remember that our story didn't start when we started following Jesus. Our story didn't start when we were born. Our story was inked into a story that goes all the way back, and he goes back into the depths of the Old Testament to show that. This week at Spy Kids, we wanted to show kids just that, that they are inked into a story that starts with God creating everything. And for that journey, we had four characters that walked him through the whole Bible. We had, up here, we had Christopher Doyle, the librarian, played by Doug Shelton. Give it up for Doug. And by the way, by the way, all of these illustrations, all these cartoons were done by one of our 360 students, a high school student. She did all, all the posters that you saw when you walked in. Those are all one of our high school kids. Professor Isabel Stevens, which was played by Katie Sievers. Give it up for Katie. We also had uh, Dorothy Weber, the explorer, played by Birgit Phillips. Give it up for Birgit. And Thaddeus Winchester, played by Mike Phillips. And so he was able to do that. So again, what we wanted to do, and this is oversimplistic, but we wanted to help our kids do is this, not look at the Bible as this scary thing that they'll never be able to understand or, or touch. Or like, I don't even want to read that till like I'm maybe like old enough to understand it, like 70 or something like that. But to realize that God is doing something. So we broke it down very oversimplified to four chapters. And the first chapter is in the very beginning. The first chapter starts in the book of Genesis, actually just the first couple of chapters of Genesis. And the kids went into this jungle portion of a room. That was the first room that they were able to unlock, the chapter one. And in chapter one, they were able to realize that, that the Son of God created everything awesome, especially us. Colossians talks about how J Jesus is the one that created everything. Everything was created by him and for him. And so what the kids learned in this, they actually were carrying around these passports that we designed up uh, for all the kids to have. And on the, the, that page, they were able to understand that the Son of God created everything awesome, especially us. We're in the center of God's creation. So their art project on the left there was to put a bunch of different types of things in creation from stamps. And then to have affixed some type of a glue. That one's a little scary. But they had a, a mirror that they were able to look back and see themselves. That they are in the center of God's creation. And they'd stamp the picture of the person they visited there as their passport. Now here's the cool thing. Down at the bottom of the page, we wanted to communicate that what the Imago Dei is. And the Imago Dei is just a Latin word for image of God. And this is what we wanted every kid to understand. You are special and especially loved because you were created by a loving God who made you to be just like him. Why is racism bad? Racism is bad because we're looking at people and making a value statement on them based on their appearance, not realizing that every color of the palette God has created into existence as an artist and each one of those people are created in his image. Each one of us, each one of you, every person. We don't look at people and give a value statement based on their talent or their ability or how rich or poor, how much stuff they have. Like this person's more valuable or less valuable or by their political party or, or, or what they believe even. We look at every human being valuable to God simply, inherently because they were created in the image of God. And that changes the way that we treat other people. And, that, and the kids learned that. And they also learned that if we're created in the image of God and we start off with creation, well, then that means that we've got a responsibility to the earth around us too. And so that we, it must have looked like people driving down Wabina that like we had like some type of labor camp here. <laughs> I'm sure that we got some phone calls to some authorities that they're, they're, there's a landscaping business that's employing children. 
But what they did, the kids did, was they had a chance to go around this property and, and led by Hannah um, and her team of the, all the service projects and actually do work projects to show that you can get your hands dirty in taking care of the earth, the gift that God has given each one of us. That's chapter one. Chapter two is where we go to the rest of the Old Testament. Now, everyone say Tanakh. Tanakh. Say Tanakh. Tanakh is a, is a Hebrew word for, it's basically describing the whole of the Old Testament. And so we go from Genesis chapter 3 all the way over to the end of the Old Testament. And we wanted the kids to know that this actually could be, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it could be summarized into one chapter. And we wanted to get the kids to understand some of the main themes within that. And so we had this massive, um, kind of like Warrior Dash obstacle course. It's kind of like Warrior Dash meets Spartan Race meets Tough Mudder meets Spy Kids. And so the kids ran on this, this path and they got, went through some of the key points in the Old Testament. And, and as they went through each one of these things, they also had to worry about being ambushed by Canaanites. And Canaanites are bad and they're scary, especially if they're junior high Canaanites. They're jumping out of the reeds and like, um, yeah, it was, it was scary. But the, probably the scariest part was when they got to Goliath of Gath. Um, <laughs> now, if you don't go to Manuka Bible Church... This is serious stuff, guys. I don't know what you're laughing at. We're trying to educate the biblical literacy of our children. My Sunday school teacher said, you know what? The, thing I have, the problem I have with children's curriculum is that they always illustrate people wrong. And they, I remember them saying, look at Goliath. He's the same height as David in this flannel graph. I wish, she said, Errol, one day when you get older, become an artist and draw biblical characters appropriately. And I haven't ever done that, but we did have Nate. Nate was able to bring it. Yeah, so if you don't go to Manuka Bible Church, you ever need, yes, get up for Nate right there. So the cool thing is, is that we wanted the kids to see that. So they, they round the bout of this, this massive obstacle course, and they get to Nate, and they were able to come up to him and dip these Nerf balls in water and chuck them as hard as they could at a full-grown man without any repercussions. It was one of the most beautiful things in the world. And they got through that. Now, in, in their actual time downstairs, after they unlocked chapter 1, they re reiterated the motions for what chapter 1 was. The Son of God made everything awesome, especially us. Boom! Now they're unlocking chapter 2. And they go across this creek into this tent space. It's got all these pictures of different people that look differently, that act different. People, just a diverse group of people. And the whole point of that was to get into what chapter 2 is all about. The Son of God brings his kids to a home of their own. All throughout the Old Testament, we see God doing something special. Not picking a group of people because they're better than everyone else or more holy than everyone else. He chooses a minority group of people to show his love to and actually shows how he's able to bring in other people that are Canaanites and Moabites into that family, into his family to show the whole world his love. And so they did, their project was actually taking bits and pieces of the artwork and putting it together into the puzzle. By the way, Abby Phillips did all of our art for the cartoon characters. All of our chapter descriptors um, came about by uh, one of our 19-year-olds here at the church, Jason Perez. And Jason Perez did an epic job on that. And so we utilized his artwork there. Now, God didn't bless Israel, his people, just so that they'd be like blessed and like, see, we're awesome. But to do this, Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you an awesome nation and I will bless, I will bless you and make your name awesome so that you will be a blessing what? To others. And so again, the goal was so that this group would actually share this reality with the people around them. 
And so for the action step for that, we wanted to do something special. Um, the kids actually spent time writing notes to a camp uh, called Royal Family Kids. And Royal Family Kids is, a, is an awesome camp that helps children who, who's, they're not connected with their biological parents, but they've been brought into someone else's home. And they've been given a home of their own, even though they're not with their biological parents. And we want to let them know they're loved. And so the Royal Family Kids Camp is something that is just phenomenal and so cool. Because these kids, what these kids were writing just on their own, was making the leaders who, was, who were reading them weep. What they were writing to these other kids, just expressing the love of God to them. If you're looking for a way to take an action on this yourself, please see Allie Selk on the way out. She's our, part of our Endeavors team, and she's actually running the birthday party for the week of Royal Family Kids, and you can have a part in. Talk with her. But that was something that the kids had a chance to step into. Now, once we got into chapter 3, that's where we break into the New Testament. And chapter 3 is basically the incarnation of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about the life and ministry of Jesus. And so what the kids did was they walked, after they unlocked chapter 1, they get into chapter 2, and then they crawled through a tunnel to get to chapter 3. And they come through and they see all these rogue random keys hanging from the ceiling. And this door with these chains across it with this lock. And the leader was able to communicate with them, listen... This door is a symbol of, of the fulfillment and happiness all of us, every human being is after. But the truth is, is that every one of human beings is trying wrong keys. They're trying to unlock this lock with one of these keys. And the chains of sin, they can't be unlocked by popularity or how much stuff I own or how many friends I have or, or, or how good my grades are or how good my job is or where do I live. We, ultimate happiness isn't found in any one of these keys. There's only one. And then the leader would took a key, the one key that was around their neck, and then locked it. And they said, see, Jesus said that he is the key. He is the key to life. And so the kids in the Ark Village had a chance to follow that up by re learning that chapter 3 is about the fact that the Son of God arrives. He's the key to life. And they illustrated their own comic book of the life and ministry and death on the cross of Jesus and the resurrection. Focusing in on the reality that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it was so cool to see in their tribal unity groups, kids actually receiving one of these little red keys that they could wear and, and saying, this is a symbol and a reminder of the fact that Jesus is the only key to fulfillment. He's the only key to happiness. He's the only way to God. There's lots of keys that people try, but he's the only one. And that was one of those awesome things of just watching the kids respond to that one of, their, one of the things that Jesus said is this, if you're a follower of me and you know that I'm the key to life, that changes the way that you treat other people. It changes the way you treat other Christians. And so the action step on this day was to make care packages for another tribe. And so you'd have like fourth grade girls making a, a care package for, for kindergartners or, or fifth grade boys making a care package for, for second grade girls. It was like, it was one of those cool things of watching that application come into be. Now, once you get into chapter 4, that's the rest of the New Testament. Acts to Revelation. And that's where after Jesus rises from the grave, all of a sudden he says, don't tell anybody about this. Let this die with you. No! He says, let this go everywhere. And, 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 and so what the kids did was after unlocking chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, they finally unlocked the final chapter on the fourth day and they crawl into this dark cave and actually, there wasn't any illumination in the cave when they first get in there. Just the lantern from the character bringing them into the darkness and saying this. When Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave, he said, you need to take this message into the darkness of the world. And you need to start in Jerusalem. 
right where you're at, with the people who look like you, worship like you, who know you, start at home, and they flip the switch, and boom, a glowing orb opens up in the cave that they're in. All of a sudden, the cave's a little bit brighter. They said, but not just in your hometown, in your neighborhood, your streets, but also, into Judea and Samaria. That means cross-culturally to people who don't look like you, don't worship like you, don't talk like you. And then they flip the switch and another glowing orb. Now the cave is getting brighter and brighter. And Jesus said, don't even stop there. Go to the uttermost parts of the world. And the third orb came in. Now the kids were sitting in light. In, In their art village, they had a chance to talk about the epicenter of that earthquake that Jesus started in the Middle East, in Jerusalem, that went, and Scripture points out that it goes to Africa, it goes to Asia, it goes to Europe, and ultimately it gets 2,000 years later to us, to their tribe. And they pasted a picture of their own tribe there, realizing the fact that Jesus' mission didn't end in the first century. People kept on talking about it. They kept on sharing it with their friends, their neighbors, and their coworkers. To the point that at Spy Kids now, the message is still being communicated to the next generation. And the coolest thing was that the leader in that cave, they said, oh, and by the way, this message is still going on. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you know that he is the key, then you too get a chance to tell other people. And then that's when they flip the final switch. And all of a sudden, the ceiling became illuminated with LED lights sprinkling all over in the room now. The cave was now fully, fully glowing and and illuminated. And the leader said, this is you guys. You guys are going into the darkness of your world as bright stars representing Jesus, his mission, his message. We talked about ways that we can be a blessing even in our community. And so the kids in their action step, they were able to write um, letters of support to, to local authorities in our area, whether they were the mayor's office, the police department, the fire department, um, the ambulance folks. Uh, the whole, the, it was like, it was really cool to see kids do that. They also were led in uh, doing something special for our community. This community, Manuka, it's their 150th anniversary. I know that all of you were aware of this and we're planning your calendars around it, but this was something that we we call um, Hannah. There's Hannah. Hannah was the head of our service team and she called down to the village and said, what can we do to be a blessing? They said, well, it's our 150th anniversary, so maybe something for that. So they sent her the graphic for um, the 150th anniversary and she printed that out on this massive canvas and had the kids put all of their individual fingerprints onto it to be able to be presented to Minooka as this massive mural, including many more squares than that, um, of representing the kids, honoring them and their leadership. The reason that we do this is because that message of bringing the light into the darkness is still there. That's part of the reason why this many, like 70 to 80 junior hires signed up. These kids were spy kids themselves, but they aged out. And so they sign up and apply so they can scrub toilets and vacuum floors. Things that their parents would love to see happen at home. And they do that because they want to be a part of that mission. It's the reason why we have this many high schoolers and volunteers jumping in. This isn't even a picture of all the volunteers. We had 112 high schoolers. And we had all of these other people that you see there on the far left there. We've got people that are firefighters and EMTs and police officers who take vacation. Nurses, doctors to be on our medical team for the week. We have people that are on logistics team. We're feeding the high school staff who are leading the junior hires. Amazing, amazing, amazing group of people. It's because of this, that when we get a chance to see 600 kids from our community and neighboring communities hearing Jesus, 
We get excited about that. Now, here's the cool thing. The kids were doing these badges each of the day. Every day they got a chance to earn a badge and they, these were like stickers that they would get at the badge shack and they'd put on to their, their field journal. And uh, each day, one or two were, were unlocked. But the last day was talking about the new heaven and new earth. And the cool thing about this is saying this, the end of the Bible ends with the fact that Jesus is going to return. We don't know if that's going to be in five minutes, five years, or 500 years. We don't know. But we do know what we're supposed to do until then. And what we're supposed to do until then is to do exactly what the kids learned in their memory verse. To keep our eyes fixed on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, to run with endurance after him. That word endurance is another word for patience. Patience can also be folded into that, which means this. When you're running and life happens, to be patient and to keep on letting go of stuff, being patient with others, being patient even with yourself, and following God's lead to the best of your abilities and trusting God for the strength to do so. Adults in the room, I got to ask you a question. Which chapter are you living out? Which of these chapters are you living out? Chapter one is the acknowledgement that there, this all wasn't just an accident, that God created this world. You might be that. Some of you might take it a step further. No, I, I believe that it's not just a God or a force. It's, it's, it's more than that. We, there's a personal God who has a purpose and a mission, a calling of a people. I kind of believe that, that God is like that. Great. Some of you actually might be, and most of you I would say in this room, are chapter three people who identify that Jesus, you're specific, Jesus is God. And not only that, he died for your sins and he's forgiven your sins. He is, in fact, the key to fulfillment and life. But what we wanted to see our kids at Spy Kids this year step into is chapter four. Chapter four people are people that not only recognize Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, but they're running with endurance after him, stepping into bringing the light into the darkness of the world. Which chapter are you Mom and dad, you, grandma and grandpa, you personally just showed up to church this week. Which chapter are you today living in? I want to pray with you right now and ask uh, for God's help for us to just be challenged to follow God's lead to do exactly what Hebrews 12 said. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we lift up to you the reality that we are people. And our common thread is the fact that all of us have odd costs that we run into that hinder our race, hinder our pursuit of the prize of, of glorifying you and knowing you and living our life centered around you. Lord, I thank you so much for each one of the kids this week who had a chance to recognize for the first time that you were the answer, for the first time that you were the key to life. That they don't have to pick up the mantle that we've left them of running life for popularity or talent or skill or people's approval, but they can actually run with the pursuit of your approval alone and knowing, Lord, that they are significantly loved simply because they are your creation. They're your kids. And they know that because you are their creator and they know that because you, God, died for their sins on the cross and rose again. Lord, I pray that you seal the impact that took place in their life for the long run. But God, I pray that you let it spread to the grown-ups in this room, even people who are totally disconnected from kids, that the reality of the gospel will impact even us, and we will give you the thanks for it. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Will you please stand? This is how we would end Spy Kids each and every day.